Hey, hey, how's everybody doing? For today's patron stream, we will be talking about God's, I, I hate to phrase it like this, God's involvement in sin. That's a very improper way of speaking, but uh, how God's decree relates to the individual act of sin, because the classical problem of the fact that we affirm that God decrees whatsoever comes to pass. God is the first mover and first cause of all things, yet sin exists. So what is the relationship between God's movement, God's causality, God's decree, and then and then uh, the sin that comes about? So St. Thomas treats this in Prima Secundae, question 79. Um, it's going to be article one and two that I'm going to I'm going to go over, although all four of these articles are really good, but I am in a bit of a time crunch, unfortunately, because I have a, um, a Q&A coming up soon. But if I have to, if the Q&Aers got to wait, they got to wait because, you know, patron trumps public. <clears throat> but article one is whether God is the cause of sin. And then uh, said, Contra, it is written, Thou hatest none of the things which thou hast made. Now God hates sin, according to Wisdom 14.9. To God the wicked and his wickedness are hateful. Therefore God is not the cause of sin. And then I answer that man is in two ways a cause, either of his own or of another's sin. First directly, namely by inclining his or another's will to sin. Secondly, indirectly, namely be... be uh, be. I'm assuming that's by not preventing someone from sinning. Hence, Ezekiel 3.18, it is said of the watchman, if thou say not to the wicked, thou shalt surely die, I will require his blood at thy hands. Now God cannot be directly the cause of sin, either in himself or in another, since every sin is a departure from the order which is to God as to its end. Now this is obvious uh, when it comes to directly um, being a cause of your own or another's sin. Uh, it would it would be uh, very impious to say uh, directly and also indirectly, which we're going to see. But directly would be like sinning, sinning in itself um, as as the as the sinner. And, and obviously this is this is blasphemous and we can't say it. And the reasoning is going to be because when it comes to sin, it's a certain uh, uh, it's an impropriety of the will in departing from seeking uh, the true good unto a lesser good. Now, God is goodness himself and his and his will infinitely desires himself. So obvi obviously it's it would be idiotic to say that he could possibly sin. <clears throat> Whereas God inclines and turns all things to himself as to their last end. So that it is impossible that he should be either to himself or to another the cause of departing from the order which is to himself. Therefore, he cannot be directly the cause of a sin. In a like manner, neither can he cause sin indirectly. For it happens that God does not give some the assistance whereby they may avoid sin, which if assistance were he to give, they would not sin. But he does all this according to the order of his wisdom and justice, since he himself is wisdom is wisdom and justice. So that if someone sin, it is not imputable to him, as though he were the cause of that sin. Even as a pilot is not said to be the cause of the wrecking of the ship, though not steering the ship, unless he ceased to steer while able and bound to steer, it is therefore evident that God is no wise a cause of sin. <clears throat> 
and to explain uh, how he is not indirectly the cause of sin, because this would seem to uh, reject his universal causality, but it doesn't. And the reason is because when it comes to indirectly causing sin, uh, and this shows up in the in the Ezekiel 3.18 quote, is there is uh, some obligation that is present with this. And this also shows up in the example with the the pilot of the ship. Uh, the, the pilot of the ship, if he's not on board, uh, I, I guess on duty to steer the ship and the ship wrecks, you can't say that he is indirectly the cause of the ship because he wasn't steering it because there is no... Um, there is no duty to do this. Now, when it comes to God's uh, action in the world, uh, whereas he doesn't give his assistance to someone, uh, whereas with their with his assistance, they, they wouldn't sin. Um, he is not obliged to give that assistance because this would go against the order of wisdom and justice. So it's not imputable to him as being an indirect cause of sin. Now, Article 2 whether the act of sin is from God. And this is, this is interesting. This will, this will rustle, uh, ruffles, Russell. I don't know why I said Russell. This will ruffle some feathers uh, for sure. Uh, and, and definitely um, there is, if you read in, in St. Thomas's commentary on, I think it's Boethius's um, De Trinitate. Um, and it's going to be in maybe the prologue uh, question two, somewhere around there. But he'll talk about, uh, hiding things from the uh, from the layman by uh, using complicated terms and such so that the ordinary person cannot understand uh, understand and then uh, then rest it to their destruction. I wouldn't go around and, and all that to say I wouldn't go around saying that uh, the the act of sin is from God even though technically yes that's true the act of sin is from God. Um, going around without making the proper distinctions is definitely going to uh, going to not be a good idea unless it's in this sort of context where you're providing the proper distinctions and you're showing it from uh, the doctor of the church and the way in which he proves it and the type of um, the the type of distinctions in which he makes but that's that's just a quick note about going around and talking about this stuff <clears throat> so whether the act of sin is from God on the contrary the act of sin is a movement of free will now, the will of God is the cause of every movement, as Augustine says. Therefore, God's will is the cause of the act of sin. This is pretty pretty basic. God is the first mover, and he is the cause of every movement. The, um, the act of sin is a movement. Therefore, God must be the cause of the act of sin. And then St. Thomas answers. I answer that the act of sin is both a being and an act. And in both respects, it is from God. Well, obviously, it's a being because um, if something is not a being, then it's non-being, therefore nothing, and therefore it doesn't exist. But obviously, um, the, the act itself is a being, and it's also obviously an act. And in both respects, um, if something is an act, something is a being, it's from God. Because every being, whatever the mode of its being, must be derived from the first being, as Dionysius declares. Again, every action is caused by something existing in act. Since nothing produces an action, save so, insofar as it is an act, and every being an act is reduced to the first act, viz. God, as to its cause, who is act by his very essence. Therefore, God is the cause of every action insofar as it, as it is an action. And again, this is pretty obvious. Uh, really, you just need to go and look at the arguments for the existence of God to, to, uh, 
to have this prove you. But sin denotes a being and an action with a defect. Okay, this is very important. Very, very important. So we talked how uh, the act of sin is an act. We talked about how it is a um, it is a being, but it's an act and it's a being with a defect. And this defect is from the created cause, viz. the free will, as falling away from the order of the first agent, viz. God. Boom, there you go. So the cause of the being, the cause of the act, the cause of the action, if you want to, if you want to say it like that, um, that is that is God. But the cause of the defect, not God. It is a certain falling away and a certain corruption of the being and the action and the act which which God has created. Now, how do you explain this? The the best way that I've heard this explained is think about uh the person who is who is walking. Um, since walking is a motion, obviously God is going to be uh, the first mover of that motion of walking. But let's say we have a person with a limp. Is God's causality of motion different from the person walking normally than the person walking with a limp? No, it is not. The defect is in the certain instrument. The defect is located in the uh, the certain break in the leg or, or whatever it may be. It's not located in the movement or the causality which is given by God. So that, that is how you can think about it. The, the reason for the sin coming from the act which is caused by God is because the defect of what is receiving that act um, and, and then bringing about an effect, which is the will, which, uh, the, the will of sinful man. Consequently, this defect is not reduced to God as its cause, but to the free will. Oh, and oh, wait, look, this is what he uses. Ah, look at that. Crazy. I actually I actually read. Um, I forgot that he uses this exact example. I read it in uh, Gary Lagrange. Even as the defect of limping is reduced to a crooked leg as its cause, but not to the mode of power which nevertheless causes whatever there is of movement in the limping. Accordingly, God is the cause of the act of sin, and yet he is not the cause of sin, because he does not cause the act to have a defect. <clears throat> okay, that's all I have for you. Uh, if you're listening to this live in five minutes, I will be starting my stream on um, a Q&A. That, that's what it is. I'll be starting my Q&A. So I will see you then. Goodbye.